And this is KEXU 96.1 FM Listening to Poe People's Revolutionary Radio I'm JV And you're listening to Free Aslan And um, today we have a very special guest uh, Fellow warrior in the battle uh, against injustice uh, Jason Reyes And he's going to talk to us about um, you know, basically about pig terror and what occurred to his uh, his loved one, and, and and we'll get to that in a minute. But first of all, <clears throat> I wanna um, you know bring up once again uh, some brief news from Aslam Press, and this this news is uh, you know in regards to the gladiator fights that are uh, continuing to um, occur in U.S. prisons and California prisons. Um, you know, it's a it's a continuing um, situation that um, the state is uh, instigating, and they're instigating this. Um, you know, on our loved ones, on our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, our family members, you know, our children, our parents, you know, and and you know, and and to and to the state, you know, our loved ones are expendable, and and. You know, just like out here in the streets, you know, and we're going to be talking more about that, uh, about uh, expendability and, and what that means to us as, uh, you know, um, brown people, as Chicano people, and as uh, those uh, residing, uh, deriving from the oppressed nations, uh, you know. And so, you know, the prisons right now are continuing with this gladiator, uh, the gladiator fights where they are you know, um, pitting prisoners against prisoners and putting lives in, in danger, uh, you know, and all of this is a continuation. They've been doing gladiator fights. You know, they did it when I was incarcerated. I mean, I remember uh, being used as a gladiator by the state. You know, they continue to do it, and this is what they do. And they're going to continue to do this until, um, you know, society is transformed as we know it. And um, so for now, you know, it's important that people um, get together with others, uh, organize with other families. And um, there's a lot of families mobilizing against uh, the state terror. And um, it's important because uh, nobody could do anything on their own. And it takes organization uh, to accomplish any goal. So with that being said, I'm going to bring on um, our guest, our special guest, uh, Jason Reyes. Uh, Jason, welcome to Free Aslan. Thank you, Joey. I appreciate you having me on tonight. Thank you. Well, well you're welcome. And and you know, <clears throat> you know, like a lot of guests, um, they come to Free Aslan. Um, you know, Jason. You know, I understand you. You lost a loved one, and uh, you know, and you didn't lose a loved one, but a loved one was taken from you and taken from your family and taken from us from our community um and you know and 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 this person was murdered you know just to be blunt you know just to be you know that's what it was and you know absolutely absolutely and and you know sometimes people you know terminology is everything and people say things like you know we lost somebody to police brutality but we got to name it like it is. And, it, you know, and, and these people are murdered and, and, and you know, it's, and it's inflicted by pig terror. And that's basically what's going on in our communities. So let me just ask you, um, can you tell us a little bit about Anthony Nunez? 
um, and what occurred to him on 4th of July of 2016. Yes, I can. And, and again, when I was not just Mijente, good evening, my people. Um, again, Joey, thank you for having me on your platform and uh, giving me space uh, to tell his story. Yes, so Anthony Nunez is my cousin in my family, and... On uh, 4th of July 2016, he was in a mental crisis. Um, his parents were out of state at a family reunion in Yakima, Washington. Mm. And he was home with uh, another family member who was a year older than him. So he mm. was 18, and uh, our mm. family member was 19. And, and um, Yeah. Wow. And, and what occurred and, to him that day? So, so what happened was, um, you know... Uh, we don't know what his situation was, but he went through uh, an emotional crisis. Um, he went and, and uh, grabbed a family heirloom pistol and, sh and shot and grazed himself on the side of his head. Mm. Um, our other family member, our primo, our cousin, was there. And uh, so he went and grabbed a gun and called 911 because Anthony was bleeding. Um, he was, uh, you know, kind of incoherent from the gun, the gun blast. And, uh mm. So the, uh, our family member made a call for help. Mm. Um, when he spoke to the 911 dispatch, he informed them of what happened. Mm -hmm. And the dispatch told him to secure the weapon and put it away, which he promptly did. Um, what she should have done next is when she dispatched the call, she should have informed officers that the weapon was secure, you know, the person needed medical attention. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of that happening, uh, militarized police showed up uh, to our family's house, and after 14 minutes of uh, de-escalation, uh, they shot him to death with an AR-15. Wow, an AR-15. And an AR-15 is, uh, you know, that's basically a military-grade weapon. Um, you know, that's crazy. And, and, and that's not the only uh, person. I, I know... Um, you know, J uh, Jacob Dominguez was also shot with an AR-15 as well. Yeah, uh, brother yeah, Jacob. Yeah, murdered. It's on video. And yeah, and 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 so you know, they're just the 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 idea of you know the police uh, going around our streets and communities pointing AR-15s at you know our brothers and our sisters and primos and cousins and children and parents. Yes, um, everyone. Everyone. You know, See, here's the problem. The problem is that the war is on, but people don't realize it. Absolutely. It could be anybody. Your grandfather for holding a crucifix. It could, you know, Absolutely. Yeah, it's just... A hundred percent, brother, you hit it. It's horrific. It's a war. It's a war. You know, and it's yeah. a war. There's a war. There's various wars going on. There's um, war on poor people, war on on uh, those in the oppressed nations there's a war on Aslan I mean this they they got a war they got multiple wars going on on various people war on black people yes, and, you know and you always know, and it always affects people of color absolutely right you absolutely. know the LGBTQ community it always affects marginalized people absolutely it's it's you know and and you know because you know when we look at who is um, who is inflicting this war? It's white supremacy, you know, and and well, you know, the colonizers. It's their absolutely, law, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Their way of thinking, their way of living, absolutely. And and and, and it's beautiful that you have identified that because most people live their entire lives 
thinking that um, we're just one big happy family and that everything's fine and it's just a couple of bad apples that are um, getting it. But it, it, no, you you hit it on the on no the, on no. The head. This country is based on genocide, absolutely, <laughs> and racism and slavery. <laughs> And hatred, Man, right? <laughs> that's truth. That's that's truth right there, brother. And and I'm glad you identify that. You know, and um this is why they don't you know, they don't care. This is why the, the police get away with uh, murdering innocent people because it's, you know, mostly non white people that are being murdered and, and like you said, and, and, and they're coming from a, a, a foundation of genocide and um atrocity, um and so, you know, they're okay with continuing this uh, this cycle of, of genocide and, and, and it is genocide it's genocide by other means you know and um, yes. you know it's yeah, not and there's so many different venues nowadays you know mass incarceration outright murder absolutely you know, solitary I mean, confinement I mean there's you know um, gentrification is a form of gen you know oh, yes. there's just mm -hmm. so many ways that tools you know it's almost these criminalization are tools. Just walking down the street, looking a certain way, dressing a certain way. Absolutely. Talking a certain way, now you're Absolutely. a target, right? Absolutely. And, and yeah, you, you got it. And I'm glad you're conscious. You're a conscious brother. And that's what brought me to you, you know, seeing that you were conscious. And you're just not wildly, you know, just lashing out at. No, you, you identified truth. You use logic. You connect the dots. You understand what's at hand, what's going on. It's a beautiful thing to see somebody doing that. And um, I also want to add, let me get to the next question, though. Um. So, do you know the names of the officers involved uh, in murdering Anthony Nunes? Uh, yes, I do. Um, after a lot of digging uh, and uh, collaborating and networking uh, with our people, uh, yes, I identified uh, Sergeant Michael Santos Ooh. of the San Jose Police Department. He also works for the San Jose State Police Department at mm. San Jose State University. Oh. And uh, the other officer involved was Anthony Pesuvi. So, mm. yes, we have identified both of them. Oh, okay. Well, that's, so, uh, that's Michael Santos thing. has uh, the blood of Antonio Guzman Lopez yes. and my primo Anthony Nunez on wow. his hand. Yeah, and uh, he went on paid vacation twice. Wow. And they're both still patrolling the streets of Stone Hall right now. Wow. And it's, it's incredible that, you know, <clears throat> you can... They're basically, it sounds like uh, they're basically getting incentive for murdering because um you murder somebody you get paid leave you actually get paid to go on vacation with you know with becky and uh and Aaron, yeah, while they do their so-called investigation right yeah, I mean, absolutely i mean it's, come it's on incredible. that's like the mafia investigating themselves <laughs> oh. absolutely you know that's like safeway or target oh well there's a problem we'll take care of it with no yeah. oversight absolutely it's it's that's in, a joke in, and they no. rubber stamp everything and and that's why nobody gets convicted, you know, and, and, and it's a joke. It is a joke. You know, we've seen in cases like Rodney King, you know, you had these, you know, these, these, this beating on camera and still yeah, they found, I mean, visual. You, you can you see that? it. You can hear it. If that's not oh, real, then. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, 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 it's incredible that the public, um, you know, but uh, things are starting to change and people are starting to wake up and organize and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's a matter of time before um, this pendulum swings uh, in our favor. But, you know, it, it all takes, it all comes down to organizing and mobilizing. But let me yeah. just say, um, let me ask, um, you know, it seems that 
the more uh, families that I talk to, I find that those killed by the pigs, um, usually the, the people who've been murdered had been harassed prior by the pigs. So um, was this the case with Anthony? Was he harassed prior to his murder by, by the police in any way? Well, I mean, of course he was racially profiled, um, oh. you know, they, you know, they operate with implicit bias. I mean, you know, right. if you're a person of color walking down the street, mm. you're not, you know, if you're brown, you're black, yeah. you're colored, yeah, they're going to stop you and, hey, where are you going? What are you doing? Where are you coming from? Right. So I know that happened. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Because it's happened, happened to life, you. you know, yeah, it happened to me. Years old. It happened in my life Absolutely. when I was in my teens and 20s and, and Absolutely. early 30s. And that's a I mean, part I, I of reality. Exist. Yeah. I couldn't walk down the street. I couldn't drive a car. Absolutely. You know, I couldn't, you know, we can't come out of stores. I know you know, it. You no. can't walk out of a bar. I right? remember you that. Know. I remember, you know, walking down the street, pull up, get against the wall. What are you doing? Uh, what gang are you from? Let me see some right. identification. Stand against the wall. They pull out their field cards. What's your name? What's your birthday? Da, 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 da. And it didn't matter if you had your church clothes on, if you came right out of the church. It didn't matter. It you, doesn't you matter. Know, you were a target. And it, it, it's always yeah. been that way. And, and these are our communities. These are our barrios that are hyper-policed. And, um, you know, and that's what it comes down to is the environment, you know, because they're not going to do that, you know, as, you know, we talked about before, they're not going to do that in Los Altos or none of these other uh, affluent communities. So, you oh, know, no, no. And, and you know what? I, I would like to just give a, a broad little challenge. Go to the north side of San Jose. Go to the west side of San Jose or the mm. east side of San Jose. Drive around different communities, Palo Alto, San Leandro. Mm. You're going to see the police presence or in uh, people of color's communities. Absolutely. They're not where the wealthy people are. No. And let's They're just, not worried about yeah. them speeding or, mm -mm. you know, driving 100 miles an hour down the residential street. Right. But if you go to communities of color, you will always see a police presence. And that's, yeah. it's always been that way, and that's the disturbing thing. And let's, and, and let's just be honest here, you know, because Free Aslan, we like to be honest, you know, and we're going to say things that no other stations say. So let's be honest here. So um, when we talk about affluent communities, uh, you know, we're really talking about white communities, you know, because it's white communities that are not hyper-policed. It's white communities yes. that are not uh, criminalizing the youth of those communities. Yeah. It's white communities that the youth are not getting shot dead when they're unarmed. So, you know, yeah. it's it's important that we, under you know, because in the media, in the, in the mainstream media, we always hear like affluent, and I even used it right now, but, you know, we got to be honest. When we say affluent, we're talking about white communities, and white communities yeah. are not uh, going through the oppression, the repression uh, that that brown and black communities are going through, or the reservations, you know, because uh, right. as I said oh, before, Native Americans you know, are, oh, oh, they're yeah, terrorized, they are, you know, they're, they're, and they're uh, killed uh, more than anybody else per capita. Yes. So, you know, it, unfortunately, it's, it's, and it's a horrific thing. <laughs> it's real. Um, you know, I, I, you know, my my problem is a lot of people are disconnected from the truth. They don't understand what's really going on. And when you actually start doing the research and you look at the numbers and the names, you know, and, and you start talking to those families, and then, you know, it, 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 it's genocide. It's horrific. It's something, you know, that I never imagined would be happening in our, in our country, right? Quote, unquote, our country. <laughs> Stolen uh, yeah, land. Right, right. You know Stolen what I mean? Stolen land, absolutely. Ocup occupied, uh, you know, the United mm -hmm. Snakes. But let me, let me just, uh, let me go to the next question here. Um, 
So, you know, the week of July 4th, <clears throat> you know, and, and I don't say 4th of July, you know, I, well, I like to say 4th of July. <laughs> yeah, that's what I call you it. Know, absolutely, because in reality, and, we, you know, we should take a, a couple of minutes to discuss this uh, 4th of July, because it's actually the celebration of the birth of the white nation. And that's what yeah, so the colonizer nation. Absolutely, yep. the colonizers. And so, you know, it's important that, you know, because we are born and raised in, you know, in these little brainwashed schools and camps and stuff where, you know, we're raised to believe, you know, and some actually believe they're they're American, you know, like, no, we're not American. This is a colonized, uh, a colonized country, a colonizers um, occupied um, yeah. uh, occupation here. So, they, but, they yeah, they came yeah. over and made an empire just like their predecessors. Absolutely, and and and, and it's so you know uh, you know it, we shouldn't celebrate the birth of the white nation. You know, Fourth of July is uh, celebrating the white nation's birthday, and no, I, I'm not going to eat that cake. But you know, one of the things that brings to mind is Malcolm X. Um, you know, he talked about um, you know <clears throat> when. Some people, um, he was referring to uh, black people, and he would say that some black people say they're Americans. And he once said uh, that, you know, you can put puppies in an oven, but those puppies are still not going to be cookies. <laughs> you know, they're still going to be puppies. Right. <laughs> it don't matter. You know, it don't matter if you stick them in the oven. They're not going to be cookies. And that's the thing with us. Just because, you know, we're living under this occupation does not make us American. You know, and especially, you know, us, we derive from the Chicano nation or other oppressed nations, Poriqua, the black nation or what have you. But we are not yeah. American. But let me just get to the question real quick. Um got a little sidetracked there but the week of july 4th 2016 it was a busy week uh for killer cops and you know do you know how many people were killed by the police uh that week uh that particular week uh there's four that come to mind including my loved one um but there's a, a gentleman by the name of rick hill uh he created a blog spot yeah, he was actually the first person to actually track all officer-involved shootings. Um, so this doesn't include tasings or beatings or, or you know, any of those things. But, uh, yeah, so that particular week, the, the first call that jumped out, obviously, is my loved one, Anthony Nunez. Um, but it started with Alton Sterling. Oh. And uh, he was in front of a liquor store selling CDs. Um, he knew the owner. He had permission oh. to be there. Um and the police showed up for whatever reason. Someone called him. I don't know. They show up, and he was shot dead six times in his chest. Mm. Uh, it's on video. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, the next murder uh, was Philando Castile. Mm. And, of course, uh, that was broadcast on Facebook Live uh, by his uh, girlfriend, Diamond Reynolds. Mm. Um, in his state, um, if you have a permit to carry concealed weapons, then you, by all rights, have the right to carry concealed weapon. Mm. Uh, he got pulled over for a traffic light. Uh, his brake light was out, one of his brake lights. Um, so he informed the officer, hey, I have a weapon in the vehicle. I'm, I'm a concealed, you know, carry registered. I have my permit. I have my license. I'm going to reach into my back pocket and grab my ID. Uh, he got almost there, and they shot him. He sh uh, the officer mm. shot him. And, of course, that was streamed live on Facebook. Wow. Um, and of course, after that, on the Fourth of July, was my cousin 
Mm. On the 4th like of July. I said before, he was in, you know, in, in uh, emotional crisis. He had made a rash decision. He was hurting, bleeding, needed medical attention. And, of course, uh, they didn't bring that. They brought that. Um, wow. And after that, uh, that particular uh, week, so we're talking about a seven-day period, um, after that was uh, Pedro Villanueva, a young 19-year-old uh, teenage man uh, that was in uh, Salinas. Mm. Um, uh, Rick Hill has a more comprehensive list. Uh, mm. He tracks uh, police uh, murders from 2000 till now. Mm. So I, I just gave you four. Yeah. There's a lot more every day. Wow. Every day I try to post, uh, I call it Stolen Lives, and yeah. there's a list of uh, police uh, people that have been uh, killed by the police. Wow. Um, you know, their name, their age, a picture. Um, that's through Anna Marie Grant. By the way, I'd like to give a shout-out to her uh, in Quincy, Massachusetts. Thank you, mm. uh, Anna Marie, for posting every day mm. and helping me with my work. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, yes, uh, it was Alton Sterling, Philando Castillo, Anthony Nunez, and Pedro Villanueva. Just the four people I can remember just in that seven-day period, but there's more if we go back 20 years. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And, you know, and hopefully more of these people um, who were murdered, um, hopefully more of their families um, will continue to come on to Free Aslan because... You know, this is a uh, liberated airwaves, uh, and and this is where we, you know, we, we can't. Uh, many times we can't get justice in the courts, but um, we put them on trial on Free Aslan every week, and that's that's, that's right, absolutely. But let me get to the uh, next question, and then we're gonna get a little break uh, for some music. But let me um, let me ask, um, you know. Um, and I've seen you, I've seen a lot of your work, I've, I've met you, you know, I've come, you know, seen you at different events and, and, and talked to you and stuff. And, you know, you're very passionate uh, on obtaining justice. And, um, um, you know, have you had any other uh, friends or loved ones uh, besides your primo who were murdered by uh, the pigs? Yes, uh, unfortunately. Um, yes, I have. Um Back in the late 90s, uh, my friend Rudy Cardenas was uh, hanging out with another one of my, our mutual friends. Um, they were kind of the same height, the same weight, you know, had the same mustache or whatever. Um, and uh, the undercover showed up, they chased him, and they shot him. They were looking for my other friend, but they shot Rudy Cardenas. Mm. Um, he didn't do anything wrong. He wasn't a criminal. Wow. He wasn't wanted. Wow. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's the same thing. Uh, you take it to court six months later, it's dismissed. You know, um, you know, filthy people in badges, that's why we call them pigs, right? Absolutely. They are, You know, yeah. and, uh, people are, you know, a lot of people are naive. And especially, you know, when, I, when I'm at work and people see Anthony's justice button, they ask questions. And oh, I yeah. tell them, you know, yes, this is what happened. Well, this is what I heard on the news, but the news doesn't always tell you the truth. The news tells you what the police tell you or the DA or whoever who's involved in you know, that investigation, quote, unquote. So, right. you know, when or people do their investigation, because now we have, uh, thank, thank, thank God for 1421, and we have access to records now, yeah. you know, we can actually say, yes, this is what happened, this is what the reports are, and this is the 
the inconsistencies. These are the falsehoods, mm. you know. So yes. now, you know, because the families in California have got together and, mm. and got that, uh, at least the transparency law passed, um, you know, so we're now in a better position to actually put to light the, these murders because that's what they yeah, are. That's what they are. Absolutely. And, and you know, they're modern-day lynchings because, you know, back in the days they could just, you know, throw a noose around our necks and tie us up to a tree. They can't do that no more, but they could shoot you dead in the street and then just say that, you know, they felt endangered and, and nobody questions that. They get away with it and, and it's horrible. So we got to change that. And it carries on. And it so carries my, on. So my next, my next friend uh, that was killed by the San Jose Police Department, is a uh, Richard Harper Hawkins, mm. and, and mind you, you know, at this time, you know, I'm in my late teens, early twenties. Wow. Uh, these gentlemen are a little bit older than me, right? My brothers, yeah. and they always told, took me to the side and showed me the right way and said, "Hey, brother, look, you, you know, you can speak. You got, you know, you, you go to school, yeah. do this." And I listened. Right. You know, I, I didn't fall into the trap of incarceration, mm, uh, although unfortunately a few times I was incarcerated, but <laughs> I listened, you know, I was young, I was ambitious, and yeah. I listened, and, and I thank God yeah. that they were in my life at that time, mm. because uh, mm. I was pretty aimless, you know, I was a, you know, like a leaf in the wind, you know, I was a young mm. man, no children, no no wife, you know, yeah. just kind of living life, and, uh, you know, I thank God I had a those gentlemen in my life uh, when they were in my life unfortunately they're mm. not here anymore but yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, so I had two friends that were murdered by the San Jose Police Department before my family member wow and, and the first one uh, Cardenas I remember you know I was I was actually in um, in um, Pelican Bay Shoe at the time in the torture center when I saw that oh, on yeah, the news, that's what it is. yeah, it's in, in yeah, I was in that torture camp, and then I saw um, that happen, and I said, and they were actually looking for someone else, and they they mistake, and I said, man, the guy had his back toward him, and the you know he just shot him right in his back, like no threat. The guy yeah, is running let me away from you. Him. That that Rudy Cardenas was unarmed. Wow. He was running away. Running he, away. How can you pose a threat when you're running away? Running away incredible and then once again you know people just you know that they they kind of think that's the way it is and that's the way it has to be where there's nothing we can say but i'm glad that um you know people are mobilizing and bringing up i i see his family members uh bringing um you know present at you know some of the events and the the rallies and stuff so they're making his voice heard as well so that's a beautiful thing that um you know, so, this wasn't. You know, brother, I would just like to give a shout out to Silicon Valley Debug, mm. um, Protect Your People Movement. Um, I love them. They're their family. Absolutely. Um, it started with Rudy. Um, oh. They came on the scene. Um, they they were there for his family. You know, his mm. children. Um, they're a great resource to the community in San Jose. They're very good. Uh, Absolutely. They do civil rights. They do uh, so many different things. Renters' rights. They do police brutality. Oh. Uh, they just have so many different cards. It's just an amazing organization. And uh, honestly, mm. I, w I want to give them a big shout-out because if it wasn't for them, you know, our family would be lost. And, mm. and here's the whole problem. You know, when you call 911, you expect someone to come and help you, right? Yes. Or protect you or save you or something, right? But when the people that are supposed to do that show up and kill you or your loved one, yes. 
there's no resources. There's, there's no, no resources. number you can call for uh -uh. counseling or anything. There isn't. And uh, Silicon Valley D-Book stands out because they that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, they reach out to impacted families. Uh, they, they help with traumatized children. Uh, they just have so many things uh, positive going on for the community that you know, it's just an amazing organization. So I just Absolutely. want to put them out there. No, and I give them uh, a shout-out, too. Absolutely. Love Debug. They do a, a good work, amazing work. And, um, you know, I've been there at the Debug uh, headquarters, and uh, I love Debug as well. Got a lot of friends. Got a lot of uh, good friends that work with Debug, work at Debug, love Debug. And and, and also, sure, like you, you yeah, absolutely. And, and also, um, you know, like you said, um, people call the police, call 911, and then they end up getting murdered. And that's why, you know, um, you know, I believe in, you know, Free Aslan always says, you know, and encourages people uh, not to call the police. You know, not to call the police, not to call 911, because um, it, it turns out that um, this is like, uh, this is a normal thing where they do. And I know people don't know at the time, and they're seeking help. They don't know what to do, and it, it turns out bad. And this is not the first case. They murder people all the time, and it's the people who are actually calling for help. Some of the people that actually dial the 911 are the ones getting killed because they come through, and they just, they're horrible, and, and, and they just yes, have no yes. regard I mean, for... 911, uh, I, I hate to say it's a joke. I mean, unless your house is on fire, call yeah. them for the fire department, yeah. but, I mean, you can take someone to the ambulance, right? If you have Absolutely. A if not, I mean, I'll swing off my shoulder. I'll run to the nearest Absolutely. hospital. Even the, even no, the ambulance takes right. so long that some people say Uber's quicker. Yeah. You know, Uber it, it's lifts. It's faster just to take them in your vehicle, or, you know, sometimes, you know, if you live in a big city and you're nearby mass transit, sometimes that's even faster. I mean, I've called Lyft for a ride one time, yeah, and it was like 10 minutes. Sounds funny, but like 8 minutes they got there. And then I remember people calling an ambulance, and like 45 minutes they get like, you know, it's just, it's incredible. Um, like you said, there's no resources, and that's why it's important that the community builds its own resources. You know, and, yeah. and, and we got to come to it. What happens is when you do grassroots community organizing and networking, and, and you're in some type of crisis, you have a network. You have people to call. Absolutely. You have an alternative to 911. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you might come from a big family. You might come from right. with no family. You might just yeah. be by yourself, you know. Absolutely. But once you're involved in, in these community efforts and these networks, then you have that. You have yes. that, that support cushion, system. That, that plan B. You know, you Absolutely. have someone that you can call when you're in dire straits. Absolutely. So that's also a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. And, and we got to come to a point, I think, where... You know, we have community control to the point where, um, you know, we police ourselves, where, you know, we have a committee within our community that when we have problems with somebody, when, you know, hey, this person stole my, my vehicle, I think this person stole my bike, instead of calling the police, we go to the community committee. Uh, and they decide, and they're our judge and jury because they are our real neighbors. They're just not... They're our real yeah, peers, yeah. yes. Our real peers, not somebody who lives in Los Altos and, uh, you know, yeah, in a, in a three, three, three million dollar home. Can't even yeah, and, yeah, and no, no, no. We want... So we need to find ways to build our own uh, um, means of authority where our neighbors and people in our community uh, decide when somebody does something wrong. Who's right, who's wrong 
what needs to occur? Is there, um, you know, any kind of penalty? Is there a, a fine that needs to be imposed? We need our own people to do that instead of relying on the pigs because the pigs, yeah. all they do is murder us and bring us, you know, to jail well, well, and prison. First, first, they criminalize us, right? So, you know, let's go back to basics. So, first, you know, there's implicit bias right off the top. Absolutely. There's systemic and institutional racism. Yes. There's profiling. I mean, you know, and all of these things happen to us, people of color. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a whole it's system just... set up to oppress us because absolutely. we are not. We're yeah. not white, <laughs> you know. Let's just say it. We ain't white, and it's just that's the way it is. But... We're going to take a short break. We'll hear some music, and um, and then we'll come back uh, right after the song, and we'll continue with this um, beautiful, um, you know, this discussion, talk, and education um, that you're blessing us with, uh, Brother Jason. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll be back in a minute.
96.1 FM, listening to Pole People's Revolutionary Radio. I'm JV, and you're listening to Free Aslan. And that was a beautiful song. Uh, I'm back here with Jason. Jason, you, you, you there, Jason? Yes, sir. Hello. Yeah, and, and that was a beautiful song there. Uh, tonight, we ride by, it was by Equipto, and was it Marshall? Michael Marshall, yes, I want to give a huge shout-out to uh, Equipto, Ellis Sato, and uh, Michael Marshall out of San Francisco, Resistance. Mm. I want to give them a big shout-out. Thank you for inviting us, uh, my family, uh, other families from San Jose and the South Bay and East Bay uh, to participate in that video. Thank you very much. Um, You can find it on YouTube. It's called Tonight We Ride by Michael Marshall Mm. and Equipto. Uh, side note, Michael Marshall is the guy who sings I Got Five on it, and wow. he was also one of the original singers from, uh, uh, oh, God, there's so many groups. Anyway, he's a very talented man. He has a new thing out called The Last Man in San Francisco, a new film and soundtrack, so please check it out if you have a mm. chance. Uh, again, big shout-out to uh, Equipto and Michael Marshall. I love you guys. Thank you, man. Mm. Uh, you guys you guys are awesome. Love yeah, that that I love that song. That that and the video is even better, man. And the video shows everything going on and the people being mobilized and um, you know, the families that were there, um, you know, of those murdered by police. So it, it's a very powerful yes. video. And yes, um, please, uh, if I have a chance to mention their names, um, so uh, in the video, uh, the families of Alex Nieto. Uh, are, is there uh, the, of J, uh, the family of uh, James Nate Greer is there. Uh, our family, of course, Anthony Nunez. Uh, Mario Woods' mother is there. Um, there's uh, uh, various other families there, members. So, yes, it was a very powerful uh, night. Uh, that was filmed in uh, December 20th of 2016 and it released on uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th. So that was awesome. Oh, it was. Um, yeah, it was a very, uh, very nice. a powerful, incredible experience. Uh, we got to network with other families in uh, San Francisco in the East Bay as well, so that was a beautiful thing. And Yeah, it was just a really uh, impactful, meaningful, uh, uh, powerful night. Yeah, it looked, it looked amazing. And uh, we need more rappers. I think we need more artists, more singers, more people. Um, uh, to contribute in this way to to what is occurring and to the movement, 
Yes, ex- exactly. And thank you for mentioning that. Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to Mr. Fab, uh, Mr. FAB out there in Oakland, uh, New Era, Dope Era. He knows what's up. Um, he has a song called Six Shots. Uh, please look it up on YouTube. Uh, Six Shots are by Mr. FAB. Uh, that's another powerful, uh, beautiful protest song uh, that uh, our audience might want to check out. Absolutely. Beautiful. And, um, but let's, I want to get back to this interview. Um, and, um, so, you know, when we talk about killer cops, you know, we talk about killer cops. And one of the things that we find that I've found, and I'm sure you have as well, that is when we um, start looking at different um um cops in particular that a lot of them um this isn't their first rodeo you know that um this isn't their first murder so you know they they go on murdering and then sometimes they'll move them to other cities sometimes they'll go to different states but you know when you start digging this is why they don't like us to have access to the police files because it'll show that these police actually you know have you know, um, many, uh, not just one. Validated complaints, uh, uh, validated complaints and, inv- and investigations, yes. Absolutely, <laughs> and, and, and many of them have several confirmed kills under their belt. Yes. And, you know, and these, you know, so when we talk about it, you know, to me, in my opinion, uh, somebody who murders two, three people, uh, you're a serial killer. You know, this is, somebody does that, they're serial killers. So, and... and you no, know, I totally agree. I yeah, totally agree. And it, it, it'll probably surprise some of the listeners, you know, because um, we're not exposed to that truth. And it's covered up so good that many people would be surprised to know that the police that's driving next to them uh, is probably a serial killer. May may be a serial killer, and you know, and this is the per- yeah, this is the person that we're supposed to rely on when we need some kind of help, like a serial killer. Are you kidding me? Like, and this is why um, things go foul when we. Um, you know, so we need to know um, who these people are, what they do in our communities and other communities and just get moved around. But my question is, um, why do you think the state allows serial killers to terrorize brown and black communities? Well, you know, in all honesty, to answer that question, you know, it goes back to the slave patrol in my mind. Um, you know, uh, people were possessions, right? And... Um, that's where the whole policing model came from was yes. slave patrol. So, you know, you know, back then, it, of course, it was slavery. It was you, you, That person is my property, right, which is vile. Right. But mm-hmm. it transformed over, over the century, you know, into what we have now, which is basically a model of extortion and incarceration and murder. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know... Um, the slave patrols, a lot of people don't even know that that's where the police came from, and that's how, that's what they were created for in the beginning, you know. Yes, and, and that was their original role. Absolutely. Was to apprehend uh, property, property, clean property. Chattel property. Uh, if I remember the, the way the law was written uh, verbatim back then. Absolutely. And, and it's horrible that to think that um, an entity that was created um, to hunt down property um, and often kill and lynch this property if, you know, they weren't um, cooperative, 
that they would somehow be a good entity today. And we know today from studying history and studying uh, world politics that we know the police are simply the front lines uh, and and basically the front lines of defense for capitalism. You know, they defend property like they defended the slaves in the beginning. Today they defend property uh, today, the capitalist class. And, you know, um, and that's what it's about and these are the frontline, you know, soldiers for the, you know, the state. And not, I'm not talking about the state of California, but the whole entity, uh, you know, whether we talk about the military, the courts, the, you know, um, politicians, the um, business class, the, you know, all of that right. comprises but the and, state. And each class has its own privileges, right? Absolutely. But, you know, for example, our nation's soldiers, for example, they have a strict protocol. They cannot fire unless fired upon. So here's the funny part. Every single police department in this nation models itself after the military, right? Yes. They have corporals, sergeants, captains, lieutenants, so on and so forth, right? They have militarized vehicles, militarized armament. You know, we can go on and on. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, it's pretty apparent that, you know, none of this stuff is deployed in wealthy neighborhoods. I have never None seen a police tank roll down the street, you know, in Evergreen. Never. You know, East Side Sounds. Yeah. So, Never. yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's just a, yeah, it's it's horrible and 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 the thing is that we don't pay attention to it. Nobody talks about it. We don't learn about it in schools, on the TV. Uh so our youth, our people, us, we you know, we didn't grow up knowing about this um you know and that's why it's important to educate our children um outside of the brainwash camps you know we have to educate yes. them in our homes yeah i mean here, and here's the whole point the military emts i'm talking about you know uh, ambulance uh, and paramedics firefighters they don't have those protections they don't if someone dies on their watch or under their care or supervision or whatever it might be they're held to account right Absolutely. But police officers, for some reason, are the exception. Not only do they get to write their own narrative, they get to investigate themselves, give themselves paid vacations, and then return to duty as if nothing happened. So that's what's really wrong here. It is. It's it's lopsided. It's crazy. And, you know, um, and until the community um, as a whole... Um, sees it and starts finding ways to mobilize against it. It's going to continue to be like this. So, you know, but yeah, but it, but it all starts with you know education and um, you know people learning and teaching. You know, each one teach one, and just you know um, yes. that's the way that we uh, become um, conscious um, about stuff like this. But let me um, let me go on to the next question. So you know. You know when when we um, we talk about this uh, the murder of Anthony. Um, I understand there's a court date though. Um, I understand that um, there's a court date coming up, and that's an important thing because you know in whatever way we have to hold um, those killer cops accountable, we got to do it in any way um, you know whatsoever. So this is a court date, and and it's coming up. Um, can yeah. you tell us about the court date for the lawsuit, uh, when it when it is, when, and where it's going to um, take place so people can attend? Yes, yes. Uh, thank you. 
Yes, so uh, the state circuit judge here in San Jose uh, found that there was major discrepancies in the police account. Uh, basically, what that means is the officer's stories didn't match up, they didn't line up. There was a, a big discrepancy there. Um, there was also a number of eyewitnesses that saw everything from beginning to end. So the state judge felt that there was more than enough uh, evidence order to proceed to federal trial. So on Monday, June 17th, uh, we are going to enter into uh, a federal uh, civil lawsuit against the city of San Jose and the San Jose Police Department uh, for Anthony Nunez. Um, that's again on June 17th at 9 a.m. at the Robert F. Peckham Federal Courthouse in downtown San Jose, right there by Cesar Chavez Park. Mm. Yeah, and it's important that people fill the the courtroom, um, fill the lobby, fill the parking lot. Uh, we want yes. as many people as possible to show support. Um, and, yes. and yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so our family is asking that um, the hint they come out, uh, please uh, court support us uh, on this day, uh, next uh, this Monday coming up. Uh, yes, indeed, we will, uh, we're going to have a peaceful protest in front of the courthouse. Mm. Uh, we would like to fill the lobby and the courtroom itself. Uh, and, you know, we want to let the judge and the jury know that, hey, you know, Anthony was a valuable member of the community. Absolutely. He was a young man. He's only 18 years old. 18 years. You know, had done nothing wrong to anyone but himself. Uh, he, he didn't pose a threat to anybody. Uh, he had his whole future ahead of him, had, was going to graduate high school. I mean, he just mm. had so many things going for him. Mm. Uh, basically, he just needed help. Mm. Um, and they killed him. They murdered him. They so, murdered him. yes, um, to anyone out there listening, uh, if you have Monday off or if you have nothing to do, please come down to uh, downtown San Jose to the federal courthouse. We really appreciate uh, your presence and your support uh, to fill space and, and let you know and, and let them know that that this is not okay. You know, um, we're we're not happy with this. We're devastated. We're angry. You know, we're upset. We're sad. It's just so many emotions. You know, wrapped in, into it. And and you know, we want to let the federal court know that hey. We're here. We're not going away. This matters. This is important to our community. So please, if anyone uh, out there has time, please come down. Uh, we uh, more than appreciate your support. And this is one of the ways that we can voice our uh, opinions and we can actually uh, build public opinion. We can change public opinion. We can, um, you know, um, change. We can uh, actually pressure you know, the courts to take action, like, look at all these people, um, you know, you need to, um, you know, hold this, this guy accountable, or these people accountable, uh, and, and, you know, and, and sometimes it happens, and, and this is one of the cases that it must happen, because um, this was, a, a you know, an injustice on an 18-year-old uh, young man, and, um, you yes, know... Yes, I mean, you know, it was callous, it was callous, um... The officers that actually shot him, the two officers that shot him, were seen not only by witnesses but family members as well, giving each other a high five after they shot him. I mean, that's that's disgusting. And who does that? Oh, you know, wow. it's not big game hunting, right? Wow. Yeah. You and, know, um, yeah. It, there's just so many dynamics involved in, the, in in his case. It's just it's just heartbreaking because it didn't need to happen. Yeah. It didn't. It did not need to happen. 
um, the chief of police went on. Well, I call him Chief P. Garcia anyway. Oh yeah. Uh, he went on chief, TV the next chief day and said that, uh, you know, he was proud of his yeah. officers for de-escalating the situation. Even and I don't break bread with Garcia, so just for the record, I will yeah, never break yeah, bread with that. <laughs> so he went on TV and lied and said that he was proud of his officers for de-escalating the situation, even though Anthony died. Wow. So. How can you go on TV and praise your officers for de-escalating an incident if the person is dead? Yeah, absolutely. That doesn't make any sense. De-escalation. And I confronted him yeah. the next week at the city council meeting when we were there to uh, expand the powers of the independent police auditor in San Jose. But oh. yes, and then he lied and said, oh, well, he died at the hospital. No, he died in wow. the, doors, the doorway of his own house. After hours of uh, being left there, His body was left right? out there for 12 hours. 12 hours. Uh, you know, hours. that's how long it took the, the pigs to find... Uh, the weapon he had shot him with originally, which oh. originated the call, yeah. right? Yeah. And it took him that long to find it and put it by his body and take a picture. So wow. That's pretty much yeah, you know, my, my synopsis and theory of the situation. And, you know, it's just, it's appalling. I mean, it is. It, it is. nobody deserves to be murdered. No one deserves to be murdered when they call for help. No, not at all. If I'm calling for an ambulance, I want an ambulance to show up. There's no reason on earth a police officer or a fire truck should be showing up to my house, right? Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. I mean, they're terrorizing our communities. That's what's happening. But let me let me move to this to the next. And and I'll just say briefly that you know that I've said it before on Free Aslan that the act of murder is not illegal in the U.S. as long as you do it for the U.S. So the act itself is not illegal. It's who you do it for. That be, it becomes illegal, and that's wrong because um, and that, and uh, an some act, right there. absolutely, an act should be wrong or right. It shouldn't be well. You know, you could kill one person for your family, and we're going to send you to death row. But guess what? You kill ten people for uh, the state, and we're going to give you a medal of honor, and you know, we're going to make you a colonel. I mean, that's that's <laughs> right? that's yeah. sad, but What's it's wrong true. With that? Yeah, What's that's, wrong with that model? What the right? hell is wrong with that? But let me just move on to the next question. How has Anthony's murder changed you? And if the police are found guilty at trial, will you continue fighting uh, for these other families that are struggling? Yes, so the first part of your question, uh, it impacted our family uh, tremendously. I mean, it, it was... Um, it was like a nuclear bomb dropped dropped in the middle of our family, um, and that's and that's being literal. Um, in the beginning, there was, you know, of course, a big outpouring of family friends, you know. And over time, you know, people have their lives; they gotta do their thing. You know, they got families to take care of, which is understandable. But um, the support kind of fell off, um, and then it just created a whole different dynamic in our family because, at the time. Um, Sandy and Jesse, uh, his parents, um, their house was like the hub for activities besides my mother-in-law Rosa's house. So, you know, we were either at, Ros- at Rosa's house or at Sandy's house. And, you know, we're doing the football, baseball, basketball, everyone's barbecuing, having a great time, kids are playing. You know, the, whole, the big family thing. You know, yeah. and we always had a big family thing. So there'd be like 20 or 30 people, 40 people, right, at yes. a gathering. Absolutely. And since this happened... A lot of people are afraid to speak out. Mm. You know, like I said before, people are busy. They have, you know, their families. They got to take care of life. Life takes you different places. Yeah. And with that being said, you know, with without the full support, it's, it's been very devastating. I mean, it's, it's been hard. Um, we, we're lucky, like I said, we have a, a big community support on the east side in, in San Jose in general. 
uh, Santa Clara and in different cities all over the Bay. Um, we have Silicon Valley Debug again. Thank you. You guys do great work. Love you. Um, so, you know, it, that's really kind of carried us through. Uh, not only that, but we've also networked with families all over the state of California whose uh, loved ones have been killed by the police. Mm-hmm. So we network together. And, of course, I network with people all over the nation, uh, different states. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just mm. it, it really changed our whole dynamic, our whole wow. outlook, our whole, you know, get down, I guess you want to call it. Yeah. Um, it's been very devastating, uh, hurtful, and very sad. Oh. Very sad. Yeah. And, and, and you will continue fighting even after, um... Yes, so, I mean, you know, even if even if my aunt and uncle are awarded blood money and, and uh, these these uh, killer cops are put in jail where they belong, mm. I mean, the real justice is missing because the real justice is Anthony should be alive. Right. You know, oh, um, there's no reason he should be in, in, in a cemetery. Absolutely. You know? And we got, um, like, so two... So, yeah. with that being said, of course, uh, you know, in my opinion... My loved one is just as important as anyone else's loved one. I don't care if it's your father, mother, grandfather, whatever. It doesn't matter. Your child. If they're killed by police, we're family now. And if I can help anyone else with resources or, or whatever it might be, then you know, I'm going to continue that because that's important. Absolutely. You know, uh, people and need to, to hear these names of these victims. They need to hear their stories. You know, as a matter of fact, today uh, on Rick Hill's blog spot, uh, Killed by the Police, uh, there's a young man named Rodney Mitchell. Yeah. He went to college. He graduated. He actually was driving into town with his friends. Uh, was, he got his uh, degree in education. He was going to go. He already had a job as a teacher in his community. And we got, we got about 30 seconds, Jason. I'm sorry. We got about he got, 30 seconds. He got stopped. Uh, a few seconds later, they shot at him and four unarmed uh, black men, and, and he died. And, and he was coming home to be a teacher in his community. Wow. So, yeah, yes, it's prevalent everywhere, and yeah. uh, I would like people to have empathy and think about it. It could be your loved one. So when you have a chance to support a family, please do. I'd really appreciate that. Okay, yeah, that's horrible. And let me just say, um, let me ask you, we got about 20 seconds. What would, your last, what would you like to say to your little primo, Anthony, if you could say something in about 20 seconds to him right now? I would say I'm proud of you, Mijo, of your achievement graduating high school. I'm proud of you going to the military. And your mom, Paul, love you to death. Beautiful words, um, Brother Jason. And with that being said, uh, I want to thank you for being on Free Aslan. And I'm going to have you back uh, maybe after the court date. And we'll look back on this. Thank you, brother. All right. Gracias, canal. To all mi gente, buenas noches. Gracias.